Welcome. Thank you for choosing to listen to another word-filled message by David Entry. Preaching is the means by which God manifests his word and nourishes our spirits. May the life of God enter into you and you as you listen to this message. Be blessed. Revelations chapter 5. And I saw in the right hand of him that sat upon the, th- uh, on the throne a book written written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who, who, who is worthy to open the book and to lose the seals thereof? And no man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy. I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders said unto me, Weep not. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book and to lose the seven seals thereof. And I beheld a law in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts and the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into the earth. Amen. This is a scene in heaven. Very interesting. Chapter 4 is a scene in heaven. And it says that chapter 4, from verse 1, as I was almost reading, talks about how I saw heaven and I saw um, four living creatures which had, were full of eyes and had wings. Four wings with two they fly, the six wings to two they fly with um, two they cover their face. Yes, I think four wings or so, something I see. Anyway, I saw them and I saw elders, 24 elders around the throne. But when that scene was over, then the chapter five, chapter five is a continuation of chapter four. Chapter five talks about how then he saw um, an angel with a loud voice saying that I saw the one who sat on the throne and there was a scroll in their hands. There's a verse, verse one, there was a scroll, other translations who says that I saw in the right hand of him that sat on the throne, a book, other translations we use a scroll, written and on, uh, written, written within and on the backside, sealed with seven seals. And there was a loud voice, who is worthy to repeat? There was just no one worthy in heaven, worthy on earth or under the earth to take the scrolls and to open it. So I wept because there's no man. I wept because there's no man. And he said, don't weep. The, one of the elders said to me, don't weep. Why shouldn't I weep? Because the, the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. He said, weep not because the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the book. So he is the root of David. 
Who is this lion of the tribe of Judah? When Jacob was blessing his sons, he spoke about Judah. In Genesis 49, verse 8 and 9, the Judah is like a lion who will not rest till devours his prey. And the scepter will not depart from Judah. So it's, it's like Judah was the reigning tribe, the royal tribe. So David came out of Judah. David is from Judah. And Jesus is, in fact, I think John chapter 7, verse, I think, 42. John chapter 7, verse 42. Let's see if that's the one I'm looking for. Has the scripture said, yeah. Go, go to verse 40, 41. Verse 41. Let me see where. All right, go to verse 40. I think it's the verse 40 I'm looking for. Many of the people there of the head is he's a prophet. Okay, verse 41. And then Jesus, there's a place that said uh, this, uh, this Christ, but some have said he's not a Christ. Okay, go to the next verse. Let me show you. Uh, as the scriptures know, says Christ, yeah, that Christ comes of the seed of David and out of the town of Bethlehem. So it's like, um, the scriptures have already said that Christ is going to be a seed, from the, it's a seed of David. But what we read, it said he's the root of David. Isn't it? Revelation. Yeah. The, the Christ is, okay. Romans chapter, Roman, Romans chapter 1 verse 3, it says, it talks about how Christ, according to the flesh, is said, concerning his son Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made the seed of David. So this is what some of the people who are looking for reasons to doubt the scriptures say, see, the Bible is contradicting itself. It said, David, Jesus is the seed of David, and then Jesus is the root of David. Which is which? The seed of David, right? In Matthew chapter 1, verse 3, the same thing. When he started talking about the genealogy of Jesus Christ, he said that uh, Judas, so, uh, so uh, Judas, yeah, Judas, that's Judah, began Perez and Zara uh, of Tamar, and Perez begat. So he's trying to point to that Jesus stems out from this Judah, the same thing. Judas and Judas says. You give me a, um, the uh, New King James, New King James, and let's see if it's his sister, Judah. You see, Judas begat Perez and Zara. All right, so Jesus Christ stems out of Judah. But verse 1 of Matthew chapter 1, he says, look, listen, look at this. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of who? David. Son of Abraham. Jesus is the son of David. But we find out here, he's the root of David. In um, Matthew chapter 22, Verse 42, Jesus actually asked the, 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 the Jews. He asked them. He says that Matthew chapter 22, verse 42. Thank you, Jesus. Saying, let's go from verse 41. While the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them. Who asked? Jesus. Who asked? Jesus. What did he ask them? Go to the next verse. Saying, what do you think? Or what think, what think ye of Christ? What do you think of the Christ? Whose son is he? They say unto him, the son of David. So it was, it was like, whoever the Christ was going to be was supposed to be from David's line, was the son of David. So Jesus asked them, that was a very serious question, Jesus. You know what Jesus did today? Very serious. He asked them, what do you think of the, the Christ? Whose son is he? And they said, ah, obviously, he's the son of David. Then he, he throws in the next question, which confuses them. Look at the next question. He said unto them, how does David in the spirit calls him Lord? Your son, my Lord. So which one is which? You say he's the son of David. So how does David in the spirit said that my Lord? Look, go to the next verse. The next verse. 
Then the Lord said unto, so that's quoting from David. The Lord said unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand until uh, I, I make thine enemies your foothold. This is what God said to, uh, it's, it's from Psalm 110. Okay, so this is David speaking. And David said, the Lord, talking about Yahweh, said to my Lord. So if Christ is supposed to be his son, how come David is saying, Christ is my Lord? <laughs> when you go read it, the Bible says that they didn't, from that time, no one asked, asked you any question again. <laughs> because of a truth, David, or Jesus, is the son of David, and is the, is, the seed, is, sorry, is the seed of David, and the root of David. In Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1, Isaiah chapter 11, verse 10, 1 and 10, it talks about how a stem, a root will come, and in that day shall there be a root of Jesse, which shall stand for an ensign of the people, to it shall the Gentiles seek, and his rest shall be glorious. So it's very interesting. Just as David's father, okay? So, Revelation chapter 22 verse 16. Look at Revelation 22 16. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you these things in the churches. I am the root and the... Oh, this is even gets very interesting. What did Jesus say? Who, let's all read. Let's all read it from the screen. Let's go. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to testify unto you I am the root and the offspring of David, and the bright and the holy. I am the root and the offspring, root and the fruit. Which one is which then? Both. Both. When it comes to his godness, before Abraham I am. God, in the beginning was the word, and all things were made by the word. David issues out of Christ as the Lord. But in his humanity, so in his godness, deity, in his godness, he is the root of David. In his humanity, he is the of, he is of David because the, the, the tribe of Judah is the royal tribe. And for him to be a king, he must have royalty. He must be royalty. He's, he must have a royal blood. That's why Jesus had to be the son of David. It's very important. Right? The son of David. So, now, when we saw in Revelation, it says that, that the lion, Revelation chapter 5, verse 5. It's nice to remember, 5, 5, you know. Revelation 5, 5 says that, and, and one of the elders said, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah the root of David has prevailed to open the book. Say the lion has prevailed. The lion has prevailed. And so, do you have a, a picture of the lion? He showed it. He said, that is the lion. So he told him that, don't cry. The lion has prevailed. Say the lion has prevailed. It's only a prevailed lion that can crouch. He's just taking it cool. Because he's finished the job. He finished the job. He gave Satan a blow. Come on. A prevailing blow. 
<laughs> Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2, I think verse 14 and 15 or so. Bible said, he made an open show, triumphing over them. Bible says that blotting out the handwriting of ordinance that were against, as which were contrary to us, uh, the way, uh, by nailing to the cross. Verse, verse 15. Verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in the death. <laughs> Hallelujah. Our Lord, watch this. Our, our Lord triumphed over the devil in death. Think about it. Sounds like an oxymoron. The lion of the tribe of Judah, he prevailed, he triumphed over the enemy in death. Hebrews chapter 2, verse 14, says that because the children were flesh and blood, he himself had to reject the same, that through death, for as much as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took back in, part in the same, the flesh and blood, that through death, say through death. Oh, come on, preach. Say through death. Say through, through death. The means for him to prevail over the devil was on the dying on the cross. So when Peter said, you cannot die, he said, Satan, get behind me. When he started telling them that, who do men say I am? They said, no, 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 no. They said you are the Christ. He said, wow, we are, I'm the Christ. I'll also reveal the church to you. He told them about the church. And he said, I'll build my church. The job of the Christ is to build his church. The job of the Christ is to build his church. First of all, to die for the bride. Remember Ephesians chapter, chapter 5, verse 25. That was, he died for, as Christ loved the church and gave himself for the church, that he might present him to himself a, 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 a chest bride, precious in his side. And so he says, I have to die for the church. I will build the church. How do you start building? You have to build by, first of all, dying for it. That's Jesus. He did not die. Oh. <laughs> he did not die as a lion. But he prevailed as a lion. <laughs> he is actually not depicted. He's called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Lions connote, lion connotes victory, triumph. He's depicted. But he actually is not just a lion. For your information, I'm preaching understanding lamb. So he says that, Jesus said, uh, it, the Bible said from then on, it's interesting, Matthew chapter 16, when they asked, when they, he said, who do men say? They said, you are the Christ. He said, wow, God has revealed this to you. He then started talking about the church. And Bible said, from that time on, he began to tell them how the son of man has to go to Jerusalem and be delivered by the uh, elders to be crucified. And he was telling them this. And then Peter just took him and said, come, excuse me, come, come. Bible said he took, Peter took him aside, Matthew chapter 16, I think, from 23, and Peter took him, he took him and began to rebuke him. See, <laughs> he said, I have the revelation about the Christ. <laughs> I've told you the revelation about Christ. Now let me tell you what the Christ is supposed to do. <laughs> so Peter took him aside and started rebuking him. Christ is supposed to save his people. Yes. Christ is supposed to bring the millennial reign, the reign of God, the kingdom of God for the Jews. We are waiting for this. What are you talking about? About to die for what? <laughs> the thing, the political issue was so much on their minds that even when they, after he died and resurrected, before he left, 
Acts chapter 1, verse 4. They asked him that at what time are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel? They were politically inclined. It's human to be political. Are you learning something? So Peter took him aside and started rebuking him. He said, listen, I have the revelation. You, you, in fact, you have, a, you have confirmed it that flesh and blood has no review, but God, God has revealed to me. So I think he assumed that as an extension of the revelation, he was supposed to tell the Christ what he's supposed to be doing. Wow. All right, let's go to the Lamb. So he took Jesus aside with his revelation, recent revelations, thinking that that is where he lives. Now he wants to advise Jesus. Bible said he began rebuking Jesus, and Bible said Jesus also turned to him, and Jesus didn't make it personal. He didn't look at, he looked at Peter, but he didn't talk to Peter. Do you understand that? He looked at Peter, but he said, Satan! Get behind me. He addressed Satan because Satan has hijacked Peter. Hey. The one who just brought the revelation, God just spoke to the person. He, the next day when he woke up, Satan has started using him. So if you are not in the spirit, you will think that, oh, this guy, everything he says is normal. God doesn't speak to people always in dreams. Yes, yes, sir. Really, once in a while, read the Bible and see. How, even Joseph, who was the dreamer, see how many times God spoke to him in a dream. <laughs> God speaks to people through his word. <laughs> Go read the Bible. Yes. And get yourself taught by the, a good teacher. In the text, before you come and say, uh, the Holy Spirit. What's your blessing in this season? You need a teacher to thrive in the things of the Spirit. Revelations 5.5, he says that weep not, don't weep, John, for the lion of the tribe of Judah, the, the, the root of David, has prevailed. Has prevailed to open the book. And to lose the seals thereof. So he had what has prevailed? The lion of the tribe of Judah. So he was now going to look at this lion. But when he turned, what did he see? A lamb. When we talk about lamb, give me the first lamb. The lamb has prevailed. So when we hear the lamb, this is what we are thinking about. But this particular lamb has a quite an interesting description. Go to verse 6 of Revelation chapter 5. Then behold, and I beheld, and lo, in the, midst, in the midst of the throne and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders, stood a lamb, as if it had been slain. You know, slain is cut, killed. So it has been cut with a big sword or knife and bleeding. All right. So it's like, it's like hey, this lamb... What kind of lamb? A wounded lamb? As if it had been uh, slain. Having uh, a lamb with horns. Normally it's rams. But a baby sheep has already horns and no one. He had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of all. So the seven horns and seven eyes are the seven spirits. God has seven spirits. Seven spirits. So God has got seven spirits. Yes, I will show you what it is. Right. But today, let's just stay on the lamb. So the description of the lamb, when he turned to look at the lamb, he was, bring the lamb back, the one initial, the one he showed, the uh, lamb. 
He was turning to look at this one. But when he turned, what did he see? He saw this one. Hey, this one is like this one. Because it has been slain and seven eyes. Is it not scary? So can you imagine which kind of devil can follow you when this thing is <laughs> a wonderful one? Wonderful can one savior. Who would have thought that a lamb could ransom the souls of men? Oh, rescue the souls of men. Who would have thought that a lamb could rescue the souls of men? But the question is, why is he a lamb? But among all the animals, why did God choose a lamb? Is it a metaphor or a reality? Because when Jesus was being baptized, the Holy Spirit came in a bodily form, like. So it wasn't a dove, but it was like. That's what you can describe. But this one, he said he was like a lamb. He's a lamb. So in, and the first appearance of lamb we, we, we could remember is when Abraham, God told Abraham, go and sacrifice your son. Ah. And Abraham gave God a reason to sacrifice a son. That's, it. That's why he's our father, the father of our faith. Because he was the only human being that could give God a reason to also give his son. Wow. So Abraham took his son, according to Genesis chapter 22, and he went, they were going, verse 7, when they were going and they left their servants, his son Isaac said, Father, we have the knife, and we have the fire. Uh, uh, father, the, Abraham said, uh, father, father, said, my father, said, here I am, my son. And he said, behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? It doesn't it sound like the question the guy asks? There was no man found worthy to take take the screw. So he was crying, where is the lamb? And God, Abraham, who was a type of God at that time, said to his son Isaac, a type of Christ, that, look at verse 8. Verse 8 says that, and Abraham said, my son, God will... Your lamb cannot do it. We need a lamb from God. He must be called the Lamb of God, God himself. He will provide for himself a lamb. He will provide for himself, say for himself, a lamb. Not a cat, but not a lion. They told him a lion has prevailed. He turned and he saw a lamb. They didn't tell him a lamb has prevailed. The lamb doesn't prevail. The lamb is led to the slaughter. Isaiah 53 verse 7. He said like a lamb before his shearers. He was quiet. He says that he was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before his shearers is dumb. So he opened up. He, he, he didn't fight. He didn't fight. That's how Isaac, that's why Isaac didn't fight. Jesus told Pontius Pilate, I think, if my memory says me right, John chapter 19, I think so, somewhere there. It's John chapter 19, I suppose somewhere there. He said, I am able to call legion. He said, you don't have the power to kill me, to crucify me, if it has not been given to you. Yeah. Yeah. Peter, put 
puts your sword back. You can't defend me. Put your sword back. I am willingly going to offer myself. He became obedient. Philippians chapter 2. He became obedient, even the death on the cross. He humbled himself, in, and even though it was not in Philippians chapter 2 from verse 5. Let this mind be you. Mindset, 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 church folks, mindset. Mindset, don't wear your certificate into church. Don't, don't bring your house to church. Don't bring your limousine to church. Don't sit in church with your Louis, what, I, this is what I drive. This is who I am. This is, no. In spite of who he was, he did not count anything, holding on to God, his godness, something to grasp on. But he just relinquished it. Wow. Philippians said, let this mind be in you. This mind is a mindset. When you come to church, please. <laughs> this is the assembly of God's people. Yeah. Across all nations. And we will all be before the throne of God. So he says that, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. Who, who, which was in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, did not count, did count, taught it not robbery to be equal with God. In other words, there's not something that you have to grasp onto. That's, uh, that, but go, go to the next verse. But, but he himself, but, but, so, but made himself of no reputation. Are you so much stuck to your reputation? So, he says that let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus, who, even though he could have been held on to his godness, he left it and became obedient. Go to the verse 7. Verse 7 is the one I'm going to. But made himself of no right and took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Ah, he wasn't a man, but he was made. So he was walking, they were beating him, they insulted him. He was hungry, he cried, he was tired. He, all that, the human frailty, he took it upon himself. He took humanity and restricted himself. And go to the next verse. It says that, and being made in the, uh, uh, so, and being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself. Tell someone, humble yourself. He humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Even, no, if you die, it shouldn't be a death that for decency and for people not to look like they are um, humiliating our God. Originally, he was crucified naked. And he wasn't crucified down in the valley, crucified and on the cross raised so everyone can see. But, but excuse me, that was, the, that was the worst punishment given to the worst criminals in those days. So if Jesus should die, it shouldn't be that kind of gruesome, shameful death. But he said, no problem, if this is what, because he died to cover everybody. Even those who were worst criminals, he had to suffer the worst so that he can, and come, uh, 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 he can capture every form of human punishment that you deserve, the worst. He died on the cross. He shouldn't have done that. Like, he humbled himself. He, he, he humbled himself. So, so, so that means that there is hope for you. It doesn't matter where you have been and what has ailed you, what has happened to you. The bad things you did intentionally, you knew you were doing. You said, me, I don't care. I will do it. I don't care. You need a lamb. Yeah. Yeah. A lamb. So when Abraham was going to, he said, God will provide because the kind of lamb required for God's business, it must only come from God. Yeah. So Abraham prophesied. Even though he was speaking to Isaac, he was speaking into the future, to the church. 
So the Jews, who are people of prophecy, children of Abraham, always were looking forward to a lamb. Then when they were in Egypt, they had to leave Egypt. They've done everything, miracles. Pharaoh, uh, Moses has done all these things. Pharaoh said they are not going. God said, don't worry. When a lamb is slaughtered, they'll go. He will let you go. So he said, tell everybody, Exodus chapter 12, verse 3. Tell Exodus 12, 3. Tell the people of Israel that everyone must get a lamb. Now, if you are not that comfortable financially to afford a lamb, then there was God provided a substitute. But then he said, speak unto all the congregation of Israel, saying, in the tenth day of, the, of this month, they shall take to them every man a lamb. A lamb. And when that lamb is slaughtered and the blood is used to cover the apalo, excuse me, the doorposts, and you eat the flesh. That's why we eat communion in church. You eat the flesh. See if Pharaoh can say no. That was the last straw that broke the back of Pharaoh. He said, go, including the things you have borrowed. We don't need you owe me. Go, 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 take it. Don't come and pay. Take everybody leave. They, and he said, when you are eating the meat, wear your sandals with your belt. Eat in haste because it shall be a quick deliverance. As I explained, the lion is to deal with Satan. To attack and deal with Satan. But the lamb is for our redemption. Because one unique, watch this, one unique thing about the lamb is the blood of the lamb. It was the blood of the lamb that was required. So Abraham was going to kill his son as a lamb. Abraham said, no, don't, God will provide. So when they got there, God gave a ram, temporary, something to stand in the gap. And then so when Jesus showed up on the scene, and this is so good, thank you, Jesus. John the Baptist was sent to go introduce this guy who's coming. Because you always need somebody, you know? Even Jesus needed someone to introduce him. Let's go to the lamb. But what makes you think Jesus is the lamb? When John the Baptist came to introduce Jesus, John chapter 1, verse 29, he said, Behold, the lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Oh, when I was in the Catholic Church, this is one thing that we always say. They always say, Behold the Lamb of God. When the priest lifts the way for the big one, he shows it to everybody. Behold that. That's cool. That's cool. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Then they, we, the altar boys, will ring the bell. <laughs> so, John, the next day, John said, Jesus coming. John saw Jesus coming unto him and said, behold the Lamb of God, which takes away the sins. What does he do? He takes away. The Lamb is for taking away sins. The Lamb is for redemption. The Lion is for prevailing. So the Lamb deals with our sins and the Lion deals with the devil. The devil behind our sins, the lion takes care of him. The sin in our life, the lamb's blood takes care of that. So in the book of 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19, 1 Peter 1, 18, 19. See, let's all read it from the screen if they have managed to get it on the screen. Let's go. 
redeem with colorful things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by vain tradition from the fathers. The next verse, verse 19. But. See, so the blood of Christ is as of a lamb without spot. Christ, lamb, Christ, lamb, Christ, lamb. When you read Revelation, Revelation speaks more about the lamb than any book in the Bible. And it's interesting the way about 27 times the lamb is mentioned in Revelation. And it, there's a place in Revelation chapter, chapter um, 19, verse 7. Yeah, 19.7. I think it's Revelation chapter 19. Then. Let's be glad and uh, give honor to him for the marriage of the lamb. The lamb is going to get married. Yeah. The marriage of the lamb has come and his wife, hey, has made herself ready. The lamb's wife. Talks about the lamb's wife. He says that in heaven, the lamb is the, is the light. The lamb. Revelation chapter 21. Look at chapter 21 and verse 23. Look at verse 23. Revelation 21, 23. Thank you. He said, the city, had, the city, the holy city, had no need of the sun, neither the need of the moon, uh, the, neither the moon to shine in it, for the glory, the glory of God did lighten it, and the lamb. It's a lamb. But when you read the lamb we are dealing with, let me not go too far with the lamb, but let's go back to Revelation chapter, 20, uh, chapter 5. When the lamb was pre- pre- presented, because he's, he says that, behold, le- the, John, don't cry, because the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed. And I turned, and when I looked, I saw a lamb that has just, it's like just been slain. Revelation chapter 3 verse 8 says that the, the lamb which was slain from the foundation of the earth. So before Adam sinned, there was blood. Revelation 13, it says that, and all that dwell upon the earth shall worship him, whose names were not written in the book of the life, the book of life of the lamb slain from the foundation of the earth. So before Abraham was even attempting to kill his son or sacrifice his son, the lamb has been slain, but it has not happened in time. It hasn't happened physically. And it was appointed for a certain time for it to happen. And so Abraham was called so that the people of Israel, so that Mary can come out of that, and then Jesus through David, and then genealogy of Jesus Christ, and then Jesus Christ shows up as the Lamb of God. Who, what does he do? Remember, he takes away sins. What does the Lamb of God do? He takes away what does the Lamb of God do? Takes away sin. So the lion is for triumphing. The lamb is for redeeming. The lamb takes away sins. He redeemed us. He takes away sin. But that is it. I want to take you further into this. Now watch this again. Verse 6 of Revelation chapter 5. This is where the crux of the message is. And I'm, I'm going to run up here. Is someone following me? Yes. Is, is someone following me at all? Are you sure? Yes. Ephesians chapter 1 verse, verse 20. Can I take you to a few scriptures? which he wrought when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heaven. What, what did he do to Jesus when he raised him from the dead? What does that mean? He seated him. He was seated. So Jesus, when he went to heaven from here, when he raised him, he sat, seated at the right hand of the Father. Um, um, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. Look at that. Hebrews 1, 3, being the brightness of 
his glory, and the express image of his person, and upholding all things by the word of his power. When he had by him, this is Jesus, by himself purged our sins, he sat at the right hand of the majesty on high. So Jesus, when he went up, what did he do? He went and sat down. That's it. He went and sat down. Look at verse 13. That's what David quoted. That um, which of the angels did God ever say that you are my son? Today sit at my right hand. But to which of the angels uh, said he at any time sit on my right hand until I make it? This is, the, this is what he said. So Jesus was asked to sit on his right hand. He went and sat on his right hand. The right hand of majesty. In the book of um, um, Hebrews chapter 11, sorry, Hebrews chapter 8 verse 1. Hebrews 8 1. And then we go to Hebrews 12 2. And we go to Hebrews 10 12. But Hebrews 8 1. Look at Hebrews 8 1. Now, we, we have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in, he- uh, the, majesty in the heavens. Okay. So he's seated at the right hand. So he used to be in heaven. He was in heaven with the Father, with majesty. According to him, um, Philippians, he did not count it robbery, so he humbled himself, became, he took on humanity, okay? That's my, my favorite illustration. I think let me do my favorite illustration, okay? So the genealogy of Jesus, this begat this. This one begat this. So God called Abraham, and then Abraham got Isaac, and then Abraham begat Isaac. Isaac we called Jacob. And then Jacob begat, 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 and we had David. Okay. And then David, God, 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 and then we have Joseph and Mary. So these are the descendants of Abraham. David, uh, Abraham and David are the key ones. But God always is Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Actually, God has bundled them kind of into one because it's for him to, to birth the Jew people. So Abraham, then we have David. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 1, it talks about Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. As though those are the two people who give birth to him. But in between the dialogue, then from verse 3, he begins to tell us, this begat this, this begat this, this begat this. But then key, the key thing is Abraham, David, and then Mary and Joseph. And so God did that. So Galatians chapter 4 verse 4, Bible says that in the fullness of time. So he just called Abraham a long time ago, but God had a plan. So in the fullness of time, he was waiting for the fullness of time, fullness of time, fullness of time, fullness of time, fullness of time. And so when Mary, he waited, as soon as Joseph got a spouse to Mary, they were engaged, and Mary cannot go for anybody again. And Joseph can go go for anybody again. Before they got married, so that Joseph doesn't touch Mary. Before they got married, an angel appeared. Angel. Behold, Mary, you are grace. He wasn't full of grace, okay? He said, Behold, Mary, you are, read your Bible. He said, You are highly favored, not full of grace. You are highly favored. Jesus is the only one who was full of grace. Yeah, according to John chapter 1, the Bible says that from grace and mercy came from Jesus Christ. So, hail, uh, hail, Mary, highly favored. You shall have a son. And then Mary says that, Be it unto me. Okay, so all this time, God the Son was, according to John chapter 1, verse 18, God the Son, he was in the bosom of the Father, and he came to declare God to us. So, after angel, finish, go, thank you. (laughs) So Mary believed, and as soon as Mary believed, she conceived, how did she conceive? This is a fetus. The Holy Spirit came upon her, and Jesus Christ, okay, God, the trying God, the creator became a creature in the womb of in the womb of a woman for nine months. And then one day, in a manger, 
you finish your job, all of you go. So from that time, Joseph helped Jesus grow. Jesus grew. They took care of uh, Jesus. He was a boy. They took him to church and everything. And after that, we didn't need Joseph and Mary. So those who are still following Mary, God has finished. <laughs> so, so then Jesus lived his life. Watch his, watch his time, time, my time, my time. Jesus, Jesus lived his life. Why did he come? Then he had the disciples. He told them, I'm going to be crucified. They said, no. He said, no, I have to go. So he died. He, they crucified him. And when they, what happened to him when they crucified him? He was buried. Yeah. So he was buried. Now you need a full screen. He was buried. Okay? <laughs> Lord have mercy. Okay, so he was buried. It's better like this, isn't it? So <laughs> he was buried. And then, and then when he was buried, on the third day, on the third day, Bible says that according to Romans chapter 8 verse 11, the spirit, what we just read in um, uh, Ephesians chapter 1 verse 20, Bible says that God raised him, which, uh, verse 19, verse 19, that you will know the power that was working towards you who believe according to, working, uh, uh, according to the working of his mighty power, verse 20, which, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from, power raised him. All right. He raised him. There are, there are other translations, uh, no other translation. Other places in the scripture, the Bible said he raised, he, he resurrected, he came back from life. Romans says that the spirit that raised Christ from the dead. So he came from life. And then for 40 days, he was with, 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 he was with his disciples. Okay, so he touched them. That's when they were asking political questions. When are you going to restore uh, the kingdom to Israel? He says that, wait, when the Holy Ghost come upon you, you shall receive power. And after all that, are you, are you following me? Yes. After all that, he, now remember, this humanity, God, he has taken on humanity. But how, where did he get the humanity from? From Mary's womb. You can't have humanity without a womb. Yes, sir. So he had to come into a woman's womb to have humanity. And then with his humanity, he died. And he resurrected with his humanity and went up on the, ascended into heaven. And his Bible said he sat at the right hand. So he went and sat. Why? Because he came to do a job and he has finished the job. What job? Now, let's listen to this. According to Hebrews, in those days, Hebrews chapter 10, the high priest, they always have to stand. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 11. They always have to stand every day and every time going back to the temple and going to offer sacrifices they, with the blood of goats. Every time they kept going. And so every priest stands, say stands, say stands. Every priest stands ministering daily and offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which, which can never take away sins. Well, the same they were doing. He couldn't take away sins. Look at chapter 9, verse 26. Hebrews chapter 9, verse 26. I feel like preaching. Hey, Hebrews 9, 26. Thank you, Jesus. He then, that's talking about Jesus. He then would have had to suffer often since the foundation of the world. But now, once at the end of the ages, he has appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of his once. He had to do it once. So Hebrews 10, 11, again, let me show you something. They had to do these things. Hebrews 10, 11, they had to do the same sacrifices which could never take away sins. Look at verse 12. Look at it. Let's all read verse 12 together. Let's go. One more time. Did you see this? One more. The man, his man by his God in man. He's not just ordinary man, he's God in man. This man, read it again, let's go. But this man, 
sacrifices did he, did he have to offer for sin? How many? For how long? For how long? The priests in the the religious priests, they had to do it every every day continuously, and they were doing because he couldn't take away sins. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. Below the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. That is good news for you. You who have murdered, you who have stolen, you who have lied, you who men have written off, there is a lamb whose blood takes away your sins, takes away your sins, takes away your sins. Shout hallelujah. So, but guess what? When he finished taking away their sin, what did he do? Read it. Let's, let's look at it. You need to see this. Put it on the screen. My God. Thank you, Jesus. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, when he finished, when he finished, he went upstairs and shut. They couldn't, look at the verse before this. They couldn't sit. The priest stands ministry. Because you have, they have, the work is not finished. Why are you sitting down? <laughs> The work is not finished. You can't sit down. You can't sit down. The work is not finished. But here, Christ, his own was finished. So he went and now sat down. Took his seat. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. He says that looking unto Jesus, the altar and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising that, and is seated. And he's and has sat down. He has finished the job. When he watch this, what's the word I'm trying to say? When he comes to the redemptive work, it's finished and he's set seated. Hallelujah. It's settled. What's Jesus doing? Seated. Why? It's finished. Finish what? The redemptive work. But he's not only a redeemer, he's a builder. So when it comes to his building responsibilities, he can't sit. Revelations. Revelations chapter 5, verse 6. Verse 5 says that don't cry because the lion has prevailed. Then I looked and I saw a lamb as though it's in the midst of, of all that, as though it has been slain. It's at the center of heaven. The central activity in heaven is around the lamb. As though it has been slain, having, I, so, so, I, I saw a lamb as though it has been slain, having seven, no, no, um, for, uh, stood a lamb, not sat a lamb. But we thought Jesus is supposed to be sitting in heaven, no. When it comes to redemptive work, he's seated. But when it comes, Revelation is about the, the mystery of the church, the building of God. That's why he says that he is the candle, he is the one who is walking amongst the candlesticks. He's busy building his church. That is why Saul of Tarsus, my God, he made a mistake. He thought he was sitting. He didn't know Jesus was standing. sitting. <laughs> oh, can I show you something? In Acts chapter 7, verse 20, uh, 56, when they were killing Stephen, he said, I saw. And Stephen said, look, I see heaven open and the Son of Man standing. 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 Yes. 
He's standing. Why, why, why did they kill him? He, they, 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 they martyred him because he was preaching Christ. He was standing for the church. He was building the church. Those who are killing pastors, those who attack pastors, he is standing watching you. He said, I see. I see the son of man. But we read he's seated in the right hand of God. Yes, redemption is finished. But the church, he's building the church. That's all God's focus now. He, he came to die to redeem us. Now, when we are redeemed, he redeemed us to build his house. And he's busy working with us. He's building with us. He can't sit down. He's the standing lamb. He's the standing lamb. He is 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 the standing lamb. Somebody shout hallelujah. I'm finishing. Stephen, he said, I see, I see, I see heavens open. May you have heaven open heavens. Pastor, the pan, the one who saw the standing lamb, he saw it because he had, he had an open heaven experience. <laughs> Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. The heavens was open. Revelation chapter 4, verse 1. He said, after these things, I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven. That's when he saw all these things. Open heavens. Well, heavens are, there are only a few people in the Bible who God opened the heavens. God, had, God has a plan, but it's hidden, and he doesn't reveal it. He reveals it to people whose hearts are right, who are seeking and working with him. And then when he finds people with the right heart, he opens the heavens on them, shows them. The first person whose heaven, who heaven was open on was Jacob. In Genesis chapter 28, he was sleeping, and the Bible said he saw heavens open. So God desires to open heaven. Ezekiel 1.1. Ezekiel 1.1 said, and the heavens was open. These are only a few places in the Bible the heaven was opened. Ezekiel 1, Peter, when the gospel was about to go into the Gentile regions, they sent him to Cornelius' house before God sent him. The Bible says that he was fasting in, 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 in Acts chapter, chapter 10, I think verse 11. He was fasting and then he saw heaven open. Acts 10, 11, he saw heaven open and heaven was open upon him. Heavens were, Stephen is the other person heaven was open upon. When he was dying for the church, he was serving God and they were about to kill him. He saw heaven open and he saw Jesus is not resting. He's standing wow. for the building of the church. Yeah. In Revelation, the heavens was open again. But what I love about it is open heaven is not only for a few. A few. The plan of God is for the people of God to see heavens open. When Nathaniel was brought to Jesus, he said, can anything good come from Nazareth? And he said, come and see. So when Nathaniel approached, before he got John, I'm talking about John chapter 1. Okay, John chapter 1, verse 46, 47, somewhere there. And then when John came, Jesus said, an Israel, a true Israelite, an Israelite indeed, in whom there's no girl. Nathaniel said, hey, how did you know? He said, before they called you from under the tree, I saw you. Under the, uh, uh, Nathaniel answered and said, Rabbi! You, no, no, before then, before then, before then, when he said, verse 40, uh, Jesus uh, coming uh, and he said, uh, behold, a tree is dwelling there. Okay, so Nathaniel just said, Rabbi, but you said nothing good can come from Nazareth. Now he said, Rabbi, because of revelation. <coughs> Rabbi, he said, Rabbi, how did you, how did you know? Jesus answered, before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Only God knows what he was doing under the fig tree. <laughs> so when Jesus used the fig tree as a reference, he knew that, what? <laughs> so 
Jesus said, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. He doesn't always have to act even though he sees you. That's an interesting one. He said, I saw you. He said, man of God, man of God. And he says, watch this. This is what gets me, verse 49. This is bad. Nathaniel answered, no, no, go. Uh, uh, Nathaniel said, you are the son of God, and you are the king of Israel. Now he started confessing that you are, you are. Look at what Jesus said. Look at verse 50. This, this is serious. This is serious. Jesus answered, Jesus answered and said to him, watch this, watch this, please don't miss this. This is, this is so serious. Listen, watch this, watch this. He said, Jesus answered and said, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe you will see greater things than this? Whoa, 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 whoa. You have the real thing you're about to see. And what, what was the greater thing? Look at the next verse. And he said to him, most assuredly I say to you, hereafter you will see heaven. <laughs> Shout open heavens. Open heavens. When you humble yourself or you stay in church, what you begin to see is, and open heavens is not about breakthrough. No. It's about who Jesus really is. You begin to see who Jesus really is. Watch this. He said, you see open heavens, and the heavens will open, and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Is it not Jacob's ladder? When Jacob saw heavens open, he said, you are going to have Jacob's experience. And when Jacob woke up, he, ah, he took the stone upon which he had the experience, and he said, this place of experience is the church. Yeah. I'm calling you into the church for you to see who Jesus really is. It's not uh, miracles, testimonies, those things are good. But the ultimate is for you to find yourself in church and understand what this whole church thing is about. It's not about people, it's not about your feelings, it's not about I like this pastor, I like the music. No, 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 it's not about that. It's not about I like the building, I like that, I have money. It's not about that. Oh, this is what they don't trouble with money. It's not about that. It's about your revelation of Jesus in the church. Your revelation of Jesus in the church. Your revelation of Jesus in the church. Somebody's getting something. Yes. Can I wrap up with the standing lamb? Yes, yes. Thank you, Jesus. When it comes to redemption, it's finished. That the last die. John 19:30. It is finished. It's paid in full for our redemption. But when it comes to the building of the church, so when they were stoning Stephen, he gave him a glimpse. And he saw. Stephen said, Acts chapter 756, for I see the heavens open and the Son of Man is standing. I see the heavens and the Son of Man standing at the right hand, not seated at the right hand, standing at the right hand of God. And they killed him. They blocked their ears, rushed onto him, and killed him. But let me tell you something. When Stephen, they stoned him, he saw the heavens open. And he saw the stand of man, the son of man standing. He, he saw the heavens opened. And he saw the son of man standing. Yes, I remembered. It's in, it's, it's in fallen humanity. Ah. Say fallen man. No fallen man is good enough. Something in humanity does not like prophets. They kill prophets. So when the guys have seen heaven, they kill him. They block their ears. They don't care whether you're speaking the truth or not. They don't care. You have to die. He died calling on the name of the Lord. 
He didn't stop calling on the name of the Lord. He called to death. When he was dying, he was calling on the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus! So be careful and beware that your human nature can get you into trouble. I have to end now. They stoned him. They stoned him calling on the name of the Lord. At least they should have known that this man is not harmful. This man is not evil. He's a good man. He's preaching. He's not done anything wrong. But Jesus had to stand because he is the one behind the church. So Saul, in Acts chapter 9, Jesus met him on the way, slapped him from the horse. He saw a light. He didn't touch him, just saw a light. He fell from the horse. And then when he fell from that Bentley type of horse, he started shaking. He said, then Jesus said, Saul, Saul, Acts chapter 9. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute? King James said, why persecuted thou me? Why? So he fell on the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, twice. Saul, Saul. It is not a Saul. No, Saul, Saul. Because he, was, he didn't know he was dealing with a standing lamb. He wasn't seated. When he comes to the church, he's standing. He's still working. He's still working. He's building his church. He said, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail. He's building it. Next three weeks, I'll start talking about the heavenly Jesus. Amen. What he is, not what he was, what he is now. Stand there. Saul didn't realize that. Where? He said, who? Watch this. And he asked him, look, look at the verse 5. He said, and, and he said, and he said, who? Now, Lord, and he said, I am Jesus, whom you are. Ah, but I will touch you. You are in heaven. No, you didn't know that I am in my members. So, as you touch one member, you have touched me. As you hate one member, you have hit me because I am not seated. In that sense, when it comes to the church, I am not seated. When it comes to redemption, your sins are forgiven. That is why someone like Saul, who was killing and attacking the church, still can become a preacher. Mm. Why? Because redemption is accomplished. It doesn't matter the sin you are, you are taking care of. Hallelujah. Wow. The standing lamb. The standing lamb. That's the one we worship. That's our king. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters, I present to you the standing line. Thank you for listening to this message by David Entry. To hear more from David Entry, follow him on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. You can also subscribe to Caris Church on YouTube. Don't forget to share and subscribe to our podcast so you're always up to date. Be blessed.